Arizona Science is supported by Research Corporation for Science Advancement. For AZPM, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor Emerita in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Our guest today is Wolfgang Fink, who has academic appointments in many EUA departments, including electrical and computer engineering, biomedical engineering, aerospace and mechanical engineering, and ophthalmology. Among his many talents, he directs the Visual and Autonomous Exploration Systems Research Lab, which is a uniquely interdisciplinary lab group we'll be talking about. Thanks for joining us, Wolfgang. Thank you so much, Leslie, for having me. So your work focuses a lot on developing visual prosthetic devices and technology that helps to diagnose and ameliorate visual problems. The work would also include brain-machine interfaces of various sorts? It, is, it does, especially with the vision implants, uh, because the problem is you have, in this particular case, a uh, you're dealing with a retina which receives the light, which is to some extent diseased or affected by disease, mostly macular degeneration or retinitis pigmentosa, which renders people blind. And so the idea is you implant a foreign object, which is in this case an electrode array, onto the retina, and you have to exert electric stimulation that talks the language of the rest of the brain so that the brain can actually accept these signals and make something out of it. And how does the brain interpret these patterns of light? So that is exactly the tricky aspect of these devices. Because the stimulation, especially with the epiretinal implant, happens in the processing cascade, sort of at the end of receiving the light and normally processing it in the retina. But the retina is now, of course, affected by disease. So it doesn't do the processing so much anymore. But we come in with the epiretinal implant at the very late stage before the information goes to the optic nerve and then the visual cortex. So in a way, you replace the the retina of the human eye with a video camera. Yes, with a video and, camera in conjunction with a subsequent electric stimulation of the captured images. So you bypass the cells that have been damaged and and which would normally give the brain electrical signals and you create electrical signals that mimic what the eye would have produced if it were healthy. Yes, very much like with uh, stroke patients, where you sometimes are lucky enough to replace that portion of the brain, which is now not working anymore, with a chip, which on the input side takes the signals, which normally would be processed, and then spits out on the other side the signals, which that part of the brain would normally generate. What you're doing would have seemed impossible, what, a decade ago, five years ago, it would have seemed impossible, and now you're making the leap from machine to brain interface. Very exciting. Yes, and again, these are, as you already point out, large-scale efforts, especially with the vision implants, which are done by many centers, several national labs of the um, of the U.S. And um, of course, these are team accomplishments to, to get to that stage. And now you have a special interest in going further in developing smart autonomous robotic systems that will use artificial vision of the sort you've just described to help robots work in hazardous or hard to reach environments. Tell us about that. 
So that's an interesting analogy, and that is very much um, a example or showcase for how my interdisciplinary research works. Because at first sight, no pun intended, um, the vision implants have nothing much to do with robots on another planet. However, when you take a closer look, you will realize that in the end, the only difference between the algorithms is the resolution of the camera. Vision implants can tackle at most tens of electrodes, meaning tens of pixels, maybe at most a thousand plus. Whereas, of course, on the planetary side, you would want to have megapixels. The more pixels you get, the better off you are from a scientific or geologic point of view. Well, congratulations. It all sounds very exciting. Thanks very much, Volkan, for talking with us. This is quite the wild trip into the future, um, uh, hearing about these projects in the pipeline. Dr. Wolfgang Fink is an expert in multiple areas of engineering, including applications in biomedicine and complex autonomous systems. You can hear this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert. Thank you to Research Corporation for Science Advancement for their support of Arizona Science.